This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, January the 31st, 2021. Special guest speaker today, Reverend Tim Dixon. He is the pastor of Grace Christian Fellowship Church in Huntington, West Virginia. He also brought his uh, praise team with him. So we'll start our service now with Pastor Tim. I'll meet you in the morning. Listen, I'll meet you in the morning with the high you do. And we'll sit down by the river and the captured old acquaintance renew. I'll sing it. By the river. Now, now kick it up Pentecostal style. Go. There you go. Thank you for letting West Virginia invade Pond Level this morning. You probably weren't ready for that but uh here we are and the snowstorm kept us here and the pastor said stay so all of our church staff is here in pine level and not in west virginia but this morning west virginia is joining us online and we're going to worship together it doesn't matter if you're pentecostal or baptist or nazarene or catholic or whatever but let's kick up a shot and worship the lord huh Dustin's going to come and lead us in a song together. Get your hymnal. Or I think you all sing off the wall, don't you? Yeah, you're the newfound Pentecostals. The old timers sang out of a book. Jesus. 
Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some day I'll sing up there the song of victory oh victory in Jesus my Savior forever he sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing remain standing. We're going to sing one more song. It's called I Feel Like Traveling On. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Nor pain nor death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel
And I'll meet the one who gave his life for me. I will thank him for the love that he gave me. And ten thousand years and more, I'll praise his name. And the victory's been won Ten thousand years And we've just begun We will just begin to sing Love's sweet story It's a song That the angels cannot sing And the victory's been won 10,000 years 10,000 years 10,000 years And we've just
Sings my soul, my say, your God. Worship the Lord, will you? Just give him praise. Thou art, amen. Great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to How great thou art, how great thou art. Jesus, we give you thanks this morning in the beauty of your holiness. We invite your Holy Spirit to permeate the very air that we breathe in this moment. God, we know today that there are people in the house and people listening online who are struggling and hurting and, and finding themselves distant. I pray right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that you will draw near to them, Lord, and lift them up into a holy place where they know that they feel what they feel right now. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Lord. Your word says that if you would be high and lifted up, you would draw all people unto yourself. And at the name of Jesus, men and women come to you. So, Lord, right now we speak your name. Jesus, Jesus, how great thou art through our heavenly Father. Now, Lord, I pray that you would open our ears that we might hear. Open our eyes that we might see and our minds that we might understand. Because we understand, Lord, this morning that it's not just what we feel that plants us, but it's what we know. And Lord, when the feeling subsides tomorrow, help me to know that I know that I know that I know that you're Lord of Thieves, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We're going to worship you as we already have been. In Jesus' name I pray for his sake. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Well, I tell you, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to, those of you who brought your Bible, and of course, I'm sure you did because you came to church, right? Yeah. Well, one feller did. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I, you know, we have folks in our church that uh, they, they do the Bible on their phone. I'm sure you do too. And uh, before, I, I'm kind of old-fashioned. I'm from West Virginia. And uh, when I started seeing people playing on their phones, I thought, they're not listening to my sermon. And then I, I corralled one of them after church one Sunday morning. I said, why do you keep playing on your phone while I'm preaching? Preacher, I'm, I'm, my Bible's on my phone. It's new technology, and uh, here we are. I'm a little old-fashioned. I believe, uh, I, I believe I'm, my, everybody from my church calls me a little old-fashioned, and, and uh, I accept that, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. Thank you for letting uh, West Virginia invade Pine Level, North Carolina, yesterday and today. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, the boys and, and uh, what they do. They have, they have personalities of their own, you see. They have their own zip code. And uh, sometimes, the thing about our musicians, Pastor, is sometimes they wear socks and sometimes they don't. 
And uh, Michael, you got socks on today? You do not have socks on today. <laughs> Dustin, you got socks on? Mark's got socks on. He's got yellow socks on. Where's the battery to those things? Those were right. Well, I, I tell you, uh, it, it is good to be, uh, to be here. I, I, you don't know me. My name is Tim Dixon. I'm the senior pastor at Grace Christian Fellowship in Huntington, West Virginia. We drove down through the mountains yesterday to be here for uh, Pansy's celebration, and the pastor got a bright idea. Uh, he says he was talking to the Lord. I don't know if that was it or he just had a bad piece of pizza. But, <laughs> but he said, hey, we want you to stay. And we said, you know, it turns out we've got a hotel room and, and there's a snowstorm going on, so... So we'll stick around, and, and thanks for uh, letting us stay here this morning. I'm asking you to turn with me this morning to the book of Philemon. It is not easy to find, for it is only one page. In my Bible, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just one page. Maybe in your Bible, it's two pages. But I, I'm asking you this morning to turn to Philemon, and I'm going to be reading this morning starting uh, with verse 8. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to an individual. It's not a synoptic gospel. It is not an epistle letter. It, is, it, is a, it literally is a pastoral letter that, that Paul did not write to an entire church, but rather he wrote to one individual. And very rarely in the New Testament do we get to peer into someone's personal mail. This was a personal letter. This was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote from a prison cell because he found himself in a very unusual predicament. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for your permission this morning. Can I just preach West Virginian style? Is that okay with you? Yes, I don't want to offend anybody here, but I, I'm just going to preach West Virginian style. If I were in West Virginia this morning, I would be asking this question, and I ask you in North Carolina and those of you listening online in West Virginia, do you remember the old-timers' words that they used to word, use the words convictions? Remember when the old-timers used to talk about something called standards? I don't know about you, but I grew up with convictions, and I, drew up with, I grew up with standards. I, I remember growing up hearing old-fashioned words like testimony and, and witness and living a life that is presentable and holy before the Lord. I grew up with those kind of things, and, and I believe that, that Paul found himself in an unusual situation while he was in a prison cell. And in the unusual situation was there was unfinished, listen, don't miss this, unfinished spiritual business in the camp. The old-timers who used to travel and preach called that, that used to say there's sin in the camp. Right. And we can't have revival, and we can't have a, a restoration, and we can't have an outpouring, and we can't have a renewal that comes from God on high until we deal with the sin that's in the camp. And I'm not talking about your church, because really, I'm telling you, I didn't even know I was going to be here this morning. I'm all going to preach. There's sin in the camp, the old-timers would say. And the Apostle Paul found himself in this particular situation with an individual by the name of Onesimus. Now before I read it, I want to set the story for you. Paul had been convicted. He had been put in prison, and while sitting there, he was still preaching the gospel. Even in hardship, and even in suffering, and even in pain, he was still preaching the gospel. And in the midst of all of that, a guy by the name of Onesimus got saved, found Christ, became a Christian. And his calling was to serve the Lord by serving 
Paul. And through the bar cells, Paul and Onesimus would talk about their lives. Paul would tell the story about how he traveled from city to city and held revivals and preached and had missionary conventions and and won people to Christ and led them to the Lord and baptized them. And the church was growing. He would tell that story. All of a sudden, you can almost see it as as Paul looks at Onesimus and says to Onesimus, now, Onesimus, I I know you found the Lord. I know you got saved. I know you became a Christian. I I know that you know the Lord and I know that you're in tune with him, but I don't know much about your life. I don't know much about your story. I don't know where you came. Listen, I want to know what God saved you from. Am I too loud for you? Oh, you're good. Go. Because it gets louder from here. All right. Just good. I want to know what, what, what God saved you from. And Onesimus, just like you and just like me, found himself outside the prison door looking through the bars on his knees, I imagine. It's not in the Bible and it's not recorded there. I'm, I'm adding this, but, but Onesimus probably is kneeling there and, and he said probably the same things that you and I say. Paul, if you only knew where I came from, if you only knew my life, if you only knew what, what, what hole God dug me from, if you only knew. Paul said, it's okay. I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. Tell me your secrets. I get the privilege of, uh, of sitting uh, on an interview board for the police department in our town, and, and uh, one of the questions that I like to ask them in the interviews is, tell us something you don't want us to know about yourself. That's kind of a hard question. And Onesimus told Paul the story about himself. Paul then writes this letter because you see Onesimus was a slave he was not only a slave he was a thief he robbed from his master and he ran and then he got saved then he found Jesus then he was converted And his sins were washed away, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the south, cast into into the sea of God's forgetfulness. It was new, 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 brand new, but there was a problem. And the problem was that not, listen, I want you to hear me this morning. Not everything is taken care at an altar of conversion. Not everything is, because sometimes God says, get up from the altar and go do some business. And that's what he said to him. We're going to send you back. This was the letter he bore. You got it? Here, we're going to read it together. For this reason, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love. And I, Paul, do this as an old man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I'm appealing to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to both you and me. I'm sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I want to keep him with me so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, 
so that you might have him back forever. No longer a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owing me even... I, no, I'll stop here. I'm not done reading, but isn't it funny? The Apostle Paul knows preacher guilt. Have you ever heard of preacher guilt? It's the guilt that preachers use to get you to do what we need you to do. That's a secret, Pastor. I just gave it up. Paul says to Philemon... I could really tighten the screws on you because you owe me. Yes, brother, verse 20, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I'm writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. One thing more, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping through your prayers to be restored to you. End reading. I can see them. It almost looks a little bit like this. <clears throat> Real quickly, I, I'm not going to preach long, but, but, but Onesimus is kneeling just outside of the door. I can see him confessing his life to Paul. Now, no matter who you are or, or, or what you believe or what your theology is, I've got something I want to say to you this morning that might be a tad bit controversial, but, but that's okay. That's what the pulpit does so oftentimes. And, and, and I want to tell you, sometimes the Catholics get a bad rap because they go in and confess their sin in a little closet, a little booth. You, you, you know, you've heard about that. But I want to tell you in the New Testament, the Bible says, our Bible, the, 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 the word of God that we believe, confess your sins one to another. And we leave that out. We say to ourselves, all I have to do is just bow on bended knee at an altar of prayer. And I, need to, and I need to pray. And I need to get a hold of the horns of the altar. And I need to get alone with God and, and, and pray and, and have God forgive me. But I want you to know this morning, my brothers and sisters, all over the country you're listening today, I want you to know that we have got to take care of the unfinished business in our lives or we will never have revival. We'll never have a refreshing. We'll never have an outpouring. You know why? Because there's too many skeletons in the closet and when the light of his glory shines in the heart of our life and in the heart of our he shines in every room in every closet in the front porch in the back porch and I can hear Paul now saying to, to Onesimus listen Onesimus I need you you're my brother you're my friend we're together in this in the gospel you're such a support for me but Onesimus you've got a big secret you've got a real big secret and the secret must be taken care of you know why because if you don't take care of the secret it'll always be a dark cloud over your head You'll never be free to do ministry. So, Onesimus, here's my, here's my plan. Onesimus, I want you, I'm going to write a letter, and I want you to go back to Philemon. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I can see Onesimus now say, no way, no way. I am not going, do you know what he'll do to me? If I go back to him, he'll beat me. He has the right to kill me, not just because I'm a runaway slave, but because I'm a thief and I robbed him and I took what belonged to him. If I go back, I am in jeopardy for my very life. You see, I want to tell you something this morning. If your religion and your Christianity and your faith doesn't cost you anything, it's too cheap. You don't want it. 
Knowing Jesus is going to cost you. Knowing the Lord is going to cost you. Following Christ is going to cost you. And that day, Paul said, Onesimus, let's get some work done. You go back to Philemon. Here's a letter. And I love what Paul says. Paul had that preacher guilt. He had that pastor. He had the ability to do. So what he did was he had met Philemon in a missionary tour. He had never been to where Philemon was, but he had met Philemon. And Philemon was one of the standards in the church, one of the pillars in the church. He was one of the guards of the church. He was a good guy in the church. Everybody looked to him for stability and for as an anchor. So Paul writes, and you read it. Philemon, I want you to forgive Onesimus. And if he owes you anything, charge that to me. You must be a deacon. Are you a deacon? No, you sit on the front row like a deacon. I I like deacons. I do. You look friendly. I am. That's what God says, I am. I got off the track, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm chasing a bunny down the trail. So, so, so he sends him. I can see Onesimus now. Onesimus, am I allowed to leave this? Onesimus, you're not okay. Onesimus was like this. Here's Onesimus. Paul, can we do salvation any other way but this way? Is it okay if I just pray and have God forgive me and not go back? And Paul said, no, 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 no. You've got to do that. You've got to face it. You've got to go there. So I can see him grab the letter, and I can see him moving away from the bars. Out the door. Are you sure? Have you changed your mind, Paul? Nope, this is the way to go. I can see him all the way as he's walking and walking and walking and walking, all the way back, retracking where he is going. Listen, you know why? Because Onesimus had to take care of something that he had failed to take care of. There was unsettled sin in his life. There was undone business in his life, and he was going back. We do it with our children, don't we? I think we do, or at least I hope we do. I've got a five-year-old, and one day we were in Walmart, and he took something he wasn't supposed to take, and we had to turn around and go back. Hello. Amen. This is a Pentecostal church, right? Just wanted to make sure. And we, and we had, so Onesimus, here he is, and Onesimus is on his way back. And I can see him just outside of the estate. Philemon's inside his master, his leader. Onesimus is at the gate. I know, I know. I imagine Onesimus looked like a sinner in a red hot fire revival hanging onto a pew. And as he walked through the gate and walked up the steps... There set Philemon. <laughs> I can see Philemon now probably. I, I, in my mind's eye, I think Philemon was probably sitting there and, and probably said, oh, you're back, oh, and, and all these kind of things. And I, I, I if, if it were me, I don't know about Onesimus, but if it were me, I'd pull that letter out real quick and say, read. Before you get all worked up, read. And 
Paul writes this letter and reads to him and says, please forgive him. He's not just a slave. He's just not a subordinate. He is, he is a brother. He was converted. I led him to Jesus. He's been baptized. He's valuable to me in the ministry. And I need him. And you need him. So please receive him now as a brother. The thing about this story is, we don't really know technically in the book the end of the story. We see Onesimus show up down the road as a part of Paul's missionary travels. So what we think may have happened in all of this is that Philemon forgave Onesimus and that Philemon said to Onesimus, listen, you are not a slave, you're my brother and Paul needs you and so you go back to where Paul is and you serve him for the cause of the ministry. But I want to I tell you what we didn't read this morning. I, I started reading in verse 8 but I want to lift up for just a moment one little verse. If you still have your Bibles, you might want to underline it because it's the most powerful part of the whole letter. It's verse 6 and it goes like this. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Now I'm going to go to meddling. And if we were home in Huntington, I would meddle this deep. Here's the fact. The facts are the church has lost its testimony. The facts are the church has lost its credibility. It's lost its legitimacy. It's lost its witness. Somewhere along the way, we compromised on our standards and we lost out. And we preach and we sing and we do all the things that make us feel warm and cuddly and we love all that and we lift our hands and we praise the Lord and we show up at 10.30 and we show up at 6 and we show up for midweek prayer meeting and we do all the things. We listen to me. We do all the things we're supposed to do. Listen, I want you to know Jesus warned us about that. Jesus said, you have cleansed that which is without and the inside is rotten. You know why? Because you made it to the nice, beautiful altar, but you failed to go back to the master's house and take care of business. Our last great hope in this day and age, our last great hope is that somehow, some way, there's a revival sweeping across this land. I believe it. I believe it with all of my heart. And it ain't good. Listen, I know you all don't say ain't in North Carolina. We say it in West Virginia. (laughs) I'm going to tell you revival ain't going to start with sinners. It's just not. We we can't throw up a sign anymore and have a camp meeting anymore and, and, and compel everybody from the town anymore. You know why? Because they know us. You know what's going to start revival? When Onesimus goes back to Philemon and takes care of unfinished business. That. You know why? Because God will be compelled to see that as we mean business. That we're serious. That we're not just going through the, the roles anymore. We're not going just through the, through, through the system anymore. We're just not playing church anymore. We really mean it. You know why? Because we were willing to go and confront the things that were unsettled. I want to ask you this morning, online and in-house, are there things in your life that are unsettled that you need to take care of with God? Come on. 
that's handicapping you and stunting you from being the live wire God's called you to be. Anesthetist, go home. You've got business. Michael, I don't know your church. Only my second time ever to be in here. I, I know my church back home, and I know this sermon is good for them. Hi, them. But I do know this. I told the pastor this morning before church when I was talking with him, when I was growing up in the holiness movement, and, and I was traveling and doing revivals, and, and before I became a pastor, I... I always had professors who would say, if you go to a church, make sure you leave it better than you found it. So when I leave today in Pine Level, North Carolina, and hit the interstate through the mountains, I want to leave behind this very story. In hopes that it would challenge you and all those listening, that maybe in the crevices of your heart and in the back room of your spiritual life, where you've been hiding that unsettled business that has kept you from being all that God wants you to be, my brothers and sisters, I want you to know, He is still with outstretched hands saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen, Jesus told us He would set us free, and those who have been set free have been set free indeed. Are you free? Maybe you need to go back meet your Philemon it has nothing to do with the altar it has everything to do with you and I pray that God will reveal to you what he wants you to do we're going to sing we, do you all have altar calls here okay <laughs> Dustin's going to lead us will you stand this morning and I want to I want to pray for you I don't want to call you out it's none of my business what your life is like and I don't know your name so I can't identify but I'm gonna ask you if your heads bowed and your eyes are closed if you're here this morning and you say preacher I've got some unsettled business and I just don't feel strong enough to address it yet will you pray for me if you're like that, every head bowed and every eye closed, no peekers. Listen, would you just slip your hand up and put it back down and let me pray for you. God bless you. Any others, God bless you. There's some unsettled business in my life that I need to take care of and it's standing in between me and real outpouring and refreshing of revival in my life. Will you pray for me anymore? Just slip your hand up and put it back down. God bless you. God bless you. Any others? I want to get you in under this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I lay the people before you today, those who lifted their hand and said they needed to confront this unsettled business and pray, and those who did not, for perhaps those are the ones who struggle the most. So Lord, I pray that you would give them uncommon strength, supernatural power that allows them to step forward in you. I ask this today because I know that you are able to do exceedingly above what we are asking. So Lord, right now, 
bless I pray Dustin's going to lead us if you'd like to pray I'd like to invite you to find a place of altar will you come the Lord's leading you and moving you won't you show some strength make your way back to Philemon this morning will you come right on just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou didst me come to thee O Lamb of God I come I come just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot O Lamb of God I come I come I want to say thank you for allowing some little West Virginia guys to come and invade your been so kind and so gracious. I hope we've been faithful to the Word of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. I hope that you've enjoyed the boys. They're, they're coming home with me. You can't keep them. And if they end up missing, I'll know where they're at. But you're at the organ, right? Or no, that keyboard. Can you all do something in dismissal real big for them on both of them? Can you do that? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I, I, I want to I say I don't know you, but I love you. And uh, I'm grateful to Pansy's family. They've become family. We didn't know them before she passed away and just met them since. And uh, now they're our family. You're our family. You, you can't shake us anymore. And uh, so God bless you. Will you do one thing for me? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? My name's Tim. God knows all about me. He'll be familiar with that name because <laughs> he hears a lot. And I want you to pray for me. Pastor, I love you, my brother. I love you, my brother. May God bless you and your church. That is my prayer. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just before y'all play, let me... I miss enjoy the blessings of the Lord. Now, I understand this morning what Pastor Tim was preaching about. I just want to share this little short story with you. And it's a hard thing to do to go make something right, especially with someone else. I had a little situation with a pastor one time, a preacher, and we kept meeting in meetings and different things, and when we'd meet, the Lord will speak to me and say, you need to fix that. You need to fix it. And I go to another meeting. He would be there. The Lord say, you need to fix it. And I thought about what Pastor Tim was preaching this morning. It's a hard thing. You get right to the gate. You 
say, well, no. We was in a prayer meeting one morning. And, well, we used to have prayer meetings every Thursday morning. A few of us pastors would get together and we'd pray. And that particular, that particular morning, God said, son, fix it. I said, okay, Lord. So I went to the preacher, the pastor, and I said, look, there's something going on between you and I, and I don't like it. Some kind of animosity, some kind of anger, some kind of whatever it is, and I don't like it. And I want to let you know, talking to him personally. See, you have to go to person. You have to do it personally. You have to go to him. And I said, I just want you to know right now this morning that in my spirit, I've had a problem. I can't explain it to you. I just know there's a problem. When I, when I get around you, I could just feel some kind of difference and it's hindering my walk with the Lord. So I want to just let you know today, whatever it is between you and I, if you've got something against me, I want to fix it right now. I said, because brother, I want to let you know, I love you with all the love I've got with Christ. I'm shedding all my feelings of difference between you and me. All of it's gone. I've prayed about it. I've asked God about it. I went to the altar and the Lord said, son, leave your gift at the altar. Go fix what you need to be fixed and then come back and get your gift. So that's what I'm doing today. I said, I'm fixing my part of the situation. And he looked at me with just as honest as he can be. He said, Pastor, there's nothing at all, nothing. I have nothing, no feelings at all against you or anything else. And if I said or done anything, I want you to forgive me. And I said, if I said or done anything, I want you to forgive me. And we hug one another. You see, that's what it's all about. If there's sin in the camp, God can't bless it. He could, but he won't. That's what he sent his son for, for forgiveness of sin. You see, God couldn't look on sin, but Jesus could. Jesus looked on it. Now Jesus is telling me to tell you, you folks by the way of internet and all around the world, if there's sin in your camp, as Pastor Tim said, if you got something deep down in a deep closet back there somewhere, Go back in that closet and pull it out and go make it right. Well, that's the only way you're going to have revival is to get all the sin out of the camp. That's what we need to do. So I just feel in my heart this morning, I just want to give you the opportunity. I want him to come, if he would, and just lead another verse or two of that just as I am. And then when he does that, then you guys can do what you got planned for the end. But God is saying to you folks out by the way of the internet, just as you are. He accepts you just as you are, but you got to come. You got to come. His arms are stretched out wide open. He said, come unto me. As Pastor Tim said, I'll give you rest. There's some folks that need some rest today because they've been wrestling in the spirit of things that's going on, things that need to be fixed, need to get sent out of camp. Bring it to him. Give it to him. He can take it. He can deal with it. He can handle it. 
So let's get the sin out of count. Because Pastor Tim says, great revival is getting ready to break through. Jesus Christ is getting ready to come and take his children home. I believe Gabriel's wetting his lips right now, getting ready to blow that trumpet. The trumpet of God's going to sound one of these days. And I know I'm going to hear it soon and very soon. Jesus is coming. If he will come just as I am. If God's dealing with you today, hey, don't be embarrassed. I've been there. I know what it's like. Am I perfect now? No, not, 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 yet, not yet. But I'm striving to get there. Because between me and God, I don't want nothing to be wrong. And if there's nothing wrong between me and God, guess what? There won't be nothing wrong between me and you. Understand? You can't, you can't be right with God until you get right with the one you can't see. Because you can't bless the one you can't see until you've blessed the one you can't see. That's what the word says. Let's turn it over to God, just as I am. That's the way you come today. Some of us can slide over to Huntington, West Virginia and visit the church that came all the way to North Carolina to be with us. Looking forward to it. You know, I just might make that trip one day just to have somewhere to go. How many of you have been to the place you ain't got nowhere to go? I'm so busy right now, I tell myself, if, if, you, if you meet yourself before you get back, just tell yourself you'll be back just a little bit. Everything's going to be okay. That's how busy we get sometimes. But let me say this. We're so thankful this morning. Pastor Tim, appreciate you coming. It's an honor. And a pleasure to have you guys with us. We appreciate you. And, uh, uh, yeah. Where's Brother Mac at? Mac Perry. He's going somewhere. He's going to have to help me out. Because he wrote a check and I can't find it. So if you see a check flitting around somewhere, you let me know. But he's going to have to help me out. I told him for service, you may have to run another one. He said, well, look for it. I did, and I can't find it. So anyway, the devil's trying to take my seed, but he ain't. It's nothing but a piece of paper 
It's a promissory note <laughs> that we're going to give, and God's going to bless it. Amen? But if you want to add to it, feel free to do. I have somebody, Brother uh, Steve, if you will, get an offering plate. Just stand back there if people want to give into it. We can. We're going to plant seed in West Virginia, and we're going to ask God to bless that place. Is that okay? Yeah. One more time, give the Lord a clap offer this morning. These guys here are going to dismiss us. Everybody shout praise the Lord. Praise Amen. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, as well as check out other information that's going on. Here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC, and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church, and subscribe to our channel, and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider, or you can go to our website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 10.30 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.